We're joined by Monica Smith uh, from Melbourne, Australia. Hello, Monica. How are you? Oh, I'm as well as can be expected, Patrick. <laughs> and Monica's organization is Reignite Democracy Australia. And Monica, for the benefit of our audience, can you just uh, give us a synopsis of how, how you came into this position and uh, this campaign that you're running right now and that's taking on a sort of an international scope, but just uh, give us a brief uh, summary of how this all started. Well, Reignite Democracy Australia was born out of the, you know, corruption from especially the Victorian government during lockdowns, not being able to protest, express our freedoms, etc. So that's how Reignite Democracy Australia uh, became so popular because obviously people needed that sort of help to um, find resources to have their voices heard, which was really difficult. But most recently, um, I was arrested and on uh, charges of incitement, which are supposed to be for things like murder and stuff. If you uh, incite someone to commit a murder, you are also culpable for that crime. But in this case, it's incite inciting people to break the COVID restrictions, which is only a finable offence. So it's kind of like encouraging your friend to uh, park in a no parking zone. So it's pretty crazy that that's been criminalised. Anyway, I spent 22 days in prison because the bail conditions were so ridiculous. I refused to sign them spent 22 days in solitary confinement with no outside time whatsoever. We appealed those bail conditions and um, now I'm out, which is great. Anyway, if I organise any protests in Australia, I will go back to prison for three months and uh, they would just love that opportunity. And, you know, uh, because of my imprisonment, imprisonment, I was given a bit of an international profile and I thought, great, Australia really is struggling at the moment. And the, you know, definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect a different different result. Well, we've been trying here in Australia, every diplomatic sort of uh, political campaigning aspect, we have tried it all. So I thought, you know what, Australia is two or three months ahead of the rest of the world with the draconian, uh, you know, mandates and segregation and corruption in, in this sphere anyway. So I thought maybe the rest of the world will want to help Australia fight because if we can fight this, then anyone can because we are a perfect testing ground. We are secluded on this island. We're very uh, spread out, so it's hard to organise things. And, yes, it seems that the rest of the world sees Australia as a bit of a tip of the spear. And so I think that's why this SOS from Australia has gotten so much traction because people feel that if they help us fight, it will actually help their fight as well. So that's how we came to this situation. And uh, just on the local front, you know, describe to us what life is like, what life was like in Melbourne two years ago and what life has been like uh, in the last 12 months. Well, Victoria has the unfortunate record of being the most locked down state in the world. So when I say locked down, um, I mean five kilometre radius from your home and some people don't even live five kilometres from a grocery shop, so it's a bit ridiculous. Uh, one hour exercise time, masks everywhere, even in the middle of a paddock. Um, and also we haven't been able to cross state borders uh, for almost two years without signing paperwork. So it's one country, just so everyone knows, but uh, it seems like the states are kind of acting like they're uh, a country each state, so it's pretty difficult. Then on top of that, more recently, um, we have uh, we have been given some sort of sense of freedom because we apparently have a 90% vaccination rate, which I don't believe, but 
even even so, uh, they've opened everything up for the vaccinated. So uh, for people who are either unvaccinated or don't want to show their papers, the only two things they can do in society is go for real estate inspections and go grocery shopping. You cannot do anything else, retail shopping, gyms, uh, sporting, even 12-year-old children cannot play basketball without being vaccinated. Um, they can't go to their graduation, uh, school camps, etc. So it's pretty traumatic here. Um, the worst, and the reason I did the SOS mostly was because of the police brutality. Uh, when during lockdowns, when Victorians wanted to exercise their freedom of speech and protest, the police would absolutely come down with a heavy hand. They used rubber bullets, which are quite large, by the way, and even have an 8% fatality rate. That's right. The fatality rate for using rubber bullets is higher than the fatality rate of you know what, the current crisis that we're in. So that was really the major push was the police brutality was getting so bad. I was concerned someone was going to get killed. And so I thought this SOS was perfect timing. Uh, Melbourne has just been um, a very difficult place to live, but a lot of beautiful things have happened too. So people have come together. The freedom movement, as we call it here, is growing every single day. It's never gone backwards. And I will just say currently in Victoria, there is a bill going to parliament next week. It's called the permanent pandemic legislation. It is as bad as it sounds. So basically the state of emergency, which uh, the government uses to take away our human rights and has used that for the last two years, is ending on December 15th. So they've introduced a brand new legislation, uh, permanent pandemic legislation, which means the the Premier, which is Daniel Andrews, can actually call a pandemic on his own without any health advice. He can also call a potential pandemic. So if there is a cough in England, he can say that uh, Victoria is in a potential pandemic. He can suspend elections. He can also put people like me or, or other people in prison for two years for no good reason, and there is no punishment if they make a mistake. There's no appeal. You can be force-tested and force medical treated on uh, and it doesn't say specify what treatments either so you could be two years you could basically be a medical guinea pig so this is actually being voted on next week so victoria is in a lot of uh angst about that and just before i finish this point i'll let you know though that for two weeks victorians have been sleeping at parliament the first time in australian history anything like this has happened and last saturday we had the biggest protest in australian history in victoria with over 400,000 people. And just so your audience knows, Victoria only has a population of 6 million. So that is massive. So I will just say there is some hope as well. That's uh, that's pretty unprecedented. 24 hour protest, people sleeping overnight. That's not something you normally see, is it in, uh, in, in your country? Uh, no. And it's just people bring pizzas and barbecues and pianos and music. And uh, it's been really revitalizing for the community. That's amazing. And, you know, just to be clear, if, if you will be arrested, uh, if you are, uh, in, you know, encouraging any gatherings or you're fronting any protests. So this is kind of a novel campaign that you're doing where you're sort of internationalizing it. You're, you're calling for people uh, around the world to mobilize and make their voices known, I would assume, at Australian embassies, consulates around the world. And, uh, and also, this is the extraordinary thing. Uh, you're you're also saying that governments need to be offering Australians political asylum. So is this normally something the West projects uh, towards, you know, developing world countries or towards Syria or towards Iran or if Afghanistan or whatever? You're, you're reversing this this equation right now, right? 
Well, it is actually that bad and that's the point. So um, if just one country even gives one person asylum, it will make international headlines and people will realise that this is actually as bad as it looks. And obviously the mainstream media in, in other countries aren't reporting on it. People don't actually know unless they've got family here. I actually know people who are trying to get back to Iran from Australia. Um, that is how bad it is here. So it's absolutely not novel and it's absolutely not over-dramatised. I know many people who want to leave. I know many people who are leaving Victoria right now as we speak because of this bill. Uh, but, of course, uh, it's probably going to be spread throughout Australia if we don't fight it hard enough. And just tell us a little bit more about Reignite Democracy Australia. So this is a pretty unique uh, platform that you're you're taking a very different approach. It's kind of a neutral platform, and you've got a lot of interest in new political parties or alternative political parties and you know forming coalitions and things like that and and i know that your country suffers very similar uh chronic <laughs> problem that the us and the uk this two-party monopoly or duopoly that seems to have a kind of lock on on policy and, and a lot of people will argue monica that this is the reason why we're in the position that we're in with this current crisis, but uh, explain the intention behind your uh, your organization and, and what your objective is uh, in providing a platform. Sure. Well, to be honest, uh, Patrick, it's kind of just evolved into things that I had no idea it would evolve into. Um, so it has become a, a robust sort of lobbying platform um, where now a lot of political leaders want to come onto our platform because we have a, a large audience and we do influence change. And also my uh, supporters and followers and members, they're very active. So I, I create email campaigns to members of parliament. People actually do things um, from my platform, go and visit members of parliament at offices and things like that. I have over 100 community groups around Australia with leaders who I communicate with on a weekly basis. And they have, a lot of them have over 200 members in each group. So that's very powerful. And in fact, I got arrested not soon after I launched and successfully made those community groups happen because I think uh, bringing people together is is really dangerous uh, for the narrative because it empowers people. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's become a robust lobbying group is what I would say now. But also we uh, share a lot of latest news uh, that is actually uh, factual. Now, in terms of politics for Australia, we are in an extremely exciting position to have a protest vote change the political atmosphere forever. And there are some really great minor parties who I don't think will stay as minor parties because even in the mainstream media here, they are talking about the fact that uh, the two major parties are a little bit worried. Um, we have had no opposition in Australia. This has been the hardest thing for people to understand. Um, the other parties just they're not fighting against anything. Um, they pretend to pick little fights, but really no one cares about them. They're not fighting the big things. So this has left a lot of Australians absolutely disenfranchised. And just as a point to the difficulty that we are going to have campaigning, though, is like, for example, the pre-polling has opened up for our federal election. So basically you go and you vote on the um, candidates that are going to be in that party. Venues are actually rejecting unvaccinated people from going in to vote. So it's um, it's not going to be a fair situation. And we're going to have to fight really hard because we can't travel 
across state borders without signing papers. We can't gather in, <clears throat> excuse me, in more than 30 people. So, so it's going to be really difficult, but I'm really, really excited because the federal election is coming up early next year. And I really think that we're going to be able to shake things up a lot. <laughs> and and S, uh, Australia, SOS Australia, the big date is that your your campaign for is December 4th, right? That's and, correct. Uh, what would you uh, what what are you looking to see happen on on December 4th? What do you what what would your message be to to everybody out there? Well, I there's two things I really understand and that is I understand that a protest in England won't necessarily immediately change the life for Australians and also every country is going through their own issues. So to put your issues aside and protest for another country is very humbling for us to see, uh, but also, you know, it's you just never know what the impact could have. And if Australia is the tip of the spear, and if someone drives past your protest who happens to have a very big economic influence in Australia and says, hey, why are there people protesting outside the Australian embassy? What's going on there? They do a bit of research. They see a bit of alternative media. And maybe they call Scott Morrison and they say, I'm not doing business with Australia anymore until you change things. We just don't know. But at the end of the day, like I said, we've been trying ourselves for two years and it's not working. So I'm just hoping that it does something different. And on top of that, Patrick, the people I've gotten to meet and the exposure that I've gotten to get for Australia's fight is, is also worth it. So something big might not happen straight away, but you just never know the ripple effect. And so far we have over 15 countries participating. And if anything, it has brought Australians um, a lot of courage to keep fighting and who knows the impact that that will have as well. No, absolutely. It's a, it's a very interesting and a totally unique and in my opinion, unprecedented uh, campaign that you're attempting, incredibly ambitious. But like you said, you never know uh, what's going to happen with these things. Yeah. So, But um, I, I want to wish you uh, all the best. And uh, we're very impressed uh, with the work that you're putting in your organization, your platform. I think it's uh, it's definitely something that is inspirational to to other people. Uh, and if they're thinking about something that they can do in their country and who are in a similar situation, you're you're definitely a, a guiding light in that sense. So we oh, appreciate well, it. Thank you. I've got a lot of support around me and great staff, so I couldn't do it on my own and I couldn't do it with support from people like you. And also, if anyone wants to start Reignite Democracy in their country, Reignite Democracy England or whatever, uh, reach out to us and maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great uh, point to end on. I want to thank you very much, Monica Smith in Melbourne, Australia. Reignite Democracy, December 4th is the big day. Take care and hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.